Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the final episode of 2015. And in this episode, I'm going to reveal my list of the top 15 albums and projects of 2015. I'm very excited to share this with you. Stay tuned for this episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. This is a very special episode. I've literally been waiting for this since I started the podcast. Um, This is episode 18, and this is the final episode of 2015. I'm going to do things a little bit differently this episode. We're not going to do... This day in hip-hop and R&B, we're not going to do press play. We're going to jump straight into the Dig Deeper segment because in this episode, I'm going to reveal my top 15 list. This is the list of the top 15 albums or mixtapes, you know, whatever. Um, Top 15 hip-hop and R&B albums or mixtapes of 2015. Um, so the way I do this list is unlike the top 40 list, I do try to factor merit into this list. So in the top 40, if you went down from one through 40, it wouldn't necessarily be me saying that, you know, song number eight is better than song number 15. Song number 20 is better than song number 39. You know, I tried to, you know, base that more so around, you know, what my favorites were. And then every now and then, you know, I had to recognize the songs that just, you know, did numbers or, you know, had a big impact. Now, in this uh, list for my top 15 list, I do take merit into account. So for the most part, um, and it's still tough, but for the most part, um, I tried to rank these albums by which ones I enjoyed the most, but also which ones were better than the others. And it's not a perfect system, but for the most part, um, you can expect that. 
But, you know, things change because, you know, music is fluid. So, you know, sometimes I, you know, may find something in an album and be like, man, this is great. So, you know, it's fluid, but these 15 albums, and I do have five honorable mentions, are the ones that I believe were the best released in 2015. So I'm excited to share it with you. Um, All of this will also be posted on the blog at hopeforhiphop.org. So, you know, if you want to, you know, I don't know, listen to one on Apple Music or purchase one, like there are links in the post to that. And if you just want to share the list in word format, it's there for you at hopeforhiphop.org. But without further ado, I give to you the top 15 hip-hop and R&B projects of 2015. Number 15. <laughs> I couldn't find a really worthwhile like countdown that started from 15, so I'm going to do them all myself because, you know, it's character, you know. Um, Compton by Dr. Dre comes in at the 15th slot. Now, this this album kind of came out of nowhere for people. So everybody's been waiting for Dr. Dre's Detox album for easily 10 years. Um, he says he's going to release it. He doesn't. You know, sets a new date. It doesn't come out that date. You know, to the point where people started to think that Detox wasn't a real thing. And it just became a joke to everyone around the world. Um, so on Dr. Dre's Beats 1 radio show, The Pharmacy he announced that he canceled Detox. It's done. Um, He scrapped the album because it didn't meet his standards. But at the same time, he announced that he would be releasing a brand new album, his final album, entitled Compton. And it, you know, was supposed to be like, you know, a soundtrack to the NWA movie Straight Outta Compton that was being released at the time. So... This was a big deal. You know, Dr. Dre became inspired by the movie and he started recording an album, like an entire album. And, you know, he says this is his grand finale. So, you know, the album's really good. Now, like the production is perfect, which, you know, is what you expect from a Dr. Dre album. He's one of the greatest producers, you know, in hip hop history. Um... It's the album's very modern, but Dre's sound is all over it. So, you know, it doesn't sound like the Chronic. It doesn't sound like you know two thousand one or whatever. It's it's very influenced by you know the West Coast sound and you know hip hop sound of today's music, but it doesn't compromise the style and sound that Dre, you know, has become known for. Um. Is he definitely has the best of the West Coast on the album. Like he has features from Kendrick Lamar. Um Anderson Pac is one who is all over the album. Um exhibits on the album, Ice Cubes on the album, Snoop Dogg's on the album, John Connor, The Game. He's got West Coast best. You know, and the sound is consistent with West Coast style, you know, you can, you can hear it in, like, The Simpsons, you know, the sound in the production, like, it's a Dre album, production-wise, definitely, 
every feature, you know, is good. You know, there's a lot of features, but, you know, they they kind of feel like they belong and everybody really came out for this Dre album. Um, Kendrick is featured on three songs. Uh, one's called Genocide. It's got Marsha Ambrosius in it. Um, and it's a really good song. Another one is Deep Water. It's got Justice and Anderson Pac on it. Um, you know, it's a good album. Um, I'm willing to let go of the fact that Detox will never materialize. Um, but I am happy with the product that we received. You know, Dre came through. He gave us, you know, a really good hip-hop album. Um, and the fact that it, you know, was also, you know, surrounded by this NWA album is even better. So shout out to Dre. Definitely one of the greats. Definitely a legend in hip-hop. And the best songs on the album. So for every album, um, I'm going to, you know, talk about it. And then also list what I think were the best songs on the album. So in case you don't want to listen to <laughs> all of these albums, even though you should because they're all great, um, you know which songs to really check out. So best songs on Compton. It's All On Me, which features Justice and BJ the Chicago Kid. For the Love of Money, which features Jill Scott, John Connor, and Anderson Pac. Um, and then there's Talking to My Diary, which is just Dr. Dre. So number 15 on the list is Compton by Dr. Dre. Number, number 14. The Album About Nothing by Wale. So, Wale... Um, did these mixtapes um, back when he was starting. One was the mixtape About Nothing. The other was more About Nothing. Basically, they were mixtapes. He's a big fan of Seinfeld. Um, he would, you know, put clips from the show into the songs. Or he'd start off a song with the clip from the show, and then he would create a song based off of what the clip was about. And it's really interesting. Um, and I think some of his best work. And so this year he released the album about nothing, similar, um, concept, except this time in some of the songs, he has Jerry Seinfeld himself, you know, talk, you know, with him. So he's become friends with Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and, you know, he recorded some of their conversations and, you know, off some of the conversations, he made different songs. Conceptually, it's really cool. And I'm glad that he decided to take that, you know, this mixtape concept that he had and turn it into an album. Um, so the album is great. Um, lyrically, I think it's Wale's best album. Um, his first album was Attention Deficit. Second was Ambition. Third was The Gifted. But yeah, Wale is, you know, really rapping on this album. Um, it's very cohesive. Conceptually, it's great. You know, just the fact that he was able to, you know, you know create around, you know, something that was al already had a life of its own. I think that's really cool. Um, it was the perfect sequel to the mixtapes. Um, very introspective rap. Um, you know, the album's very versatile. You can, you know, 
you there's something in there for every hip hop fan. Um in the one time in Houston it's a slowed down, like chopped and screwed, like, you know, Houston type of joint. Um, Girls on Drugs is very um upbeat. It flips a Janet Jackson sample. Definitely a song you can party to. Um The Need to Know is, you know, a lot slower. It has this dope um, interpolation by SZA. They interpolate um, this song by Music Soul Child. It's called Just Friends. It's a really dope album. You know, he touches on a lot of subjects in the helium balloon. He pretty much, you know, criticizes all of the people who have, you know, turned on him his entire career. Because, you know, Wale's had a lot of controversy. Um... You know, saying that, you know, his first album flopped and then some people say that he changed when he teamed up with MMG and put out albums and everything. He discusses all of that. It's a very emotional album. And Wale's albums are always that, you know, he has a lot of opinions and he's very, you know, emotional. And he puts that in his rap, in his songs, you know. So it's a dope album, very introspective. Um, I feel like the hip-hop artists out there who are more into conscious type rap will enjoy this, although it's an album that really anybody can enjoy. Um, All of the features are purposeful. He's got J. Cole on The Pessimist, who delivers a nice hook. Um, SZA on The Need to Know. Um, Usher on The Matrimony may be the most purposeful feature, you know, Um, it's good to see Usher shine, and he really shines doing this hook with Wale. He, he really takes the song to another level. Um, so yeah, best songs on the album, The Matrimony featuring Usher, The Need to Know featuring SZA, The White Shoes, and The Intro About Nothing. Check it out. Number 14 is The Album About Nothing by Wale. Number 13. Dirty Sprite 2, or DS2, by Future. Um, Future's been having a big year. You know, he's pretty much, you know, the king of, you know, the trap popular turn-up music that's, you know, really taken off over the past few years. Um, Dirty Sprite 2, you know, is kind of named... After his breakout mixtape, which was Dirty Sprite, sure in the DS2 because he didn't want no trouble with Sprite, you know, boss moves. That's the right thing to do. Um, this album is like his other albums, except he did everything a lot better. You know, the melodic future is all over the track. Like, this stuff will get stuck in your head, you know, for days. You know, the lyrics are very brooding. Um, But they're honest, you know, in the first song, he says, you know, I choose the dirty over you. And it's, you know, it seems to be a blatant reference to, you know, his relationship with Sierra that pretty much tanked after, you know, he got caught up in some crazy stuff. Um, So, you know, this unfavorable lifestyle that Future seems confined to, he's okay with. Like, he's fine and, you know, he's going to live his life and he's going to put out this music that gets everybody dancing and wanting to live the same lifestyle as him you know the album took 
the sound that he had crafted for himself and it ran with it. You know, it was dominated by Metro Boomin, um, this album. And, you know, he really took future sound, you know, to a whole nother level. Um, it's like, you know, Future's an onion and we peeled back, you know, another layer, but this layer is familiar, you know, um, even though it's different at the same time, we know what we're getting. Um, this was Future's first number one album in the U S. Um, and he killed it, you know, Future's the man right now. He's on top of the world. And if you want an album that you can just party to. Don't worry about, you know, the message, the real message behind it. Um, because it's not, you know, it's not deep, you know, it's, it's real surface level, but what you get on the surface is, is what you need from it. Um, best songs on the album, where you at featuring Drake commas, of course, stick talk, and Real Sisters, which I think is an underrated song from this album because it absolutely will tear a party up if you put this on. Um, DS2 by Future, number 13. It's a great album. I can't deny it any longer. Number, number 12. 12. If you're reading this, It's Too Late by Drake. So... This was the fourth mixtape by Mr. Aubrey Graham. And I say mixtape because that is absolutely what it is. There was a lot of, you know, talk back and forth about whether it was actually an album. Because, you know, he did, you know, charge for it. But, you know, something has flipped within the past couple years where things that are being labeled as mixtapes by artists. um, Hint, Miss Erica Badu this year, Drake this year. They say they're mixtapes, but then, you know, you got to pay for them on iTunes. So it seems that, you know, you can't just assume that mixtapes are free anymore. Uh, I guess at least for the big name artists. But either way, you know, there was a rumor with this. You know, Lil Wayne's been going through the whole cash money, young money issues with Birdman. We've talked about, I've talked about that on the show. Um... The rumor was, you know, Drake only had one more album left on his contract to fulfill his contract with, you know, Young Money, and that, you know, he charged money for this to fulfill that contract. I don't know about all that, but I do know that Drake has said, you know, in interviews that it's a mixtape. Now, it definitely sounds like a mixtape. If you're reading this, it's too late. It's full of all the, like, braggadocious rap that he usually puts two or three of on an album. Um, But this is full of it, which, you know, kind of makes me think that, you know, this this isn't the final round. You know, Drake wanted to put something out for the fans, but this isn't his best work. Um, You know, it's an album that sees a confident Drake rapping. You know, he realizes, you know where he's at in this game. Um, It has impressive features. Um, There's a song, Wednesday Night Interlude, which is pretty much just Party Next Door, but it's great, and it's a nice way to cut up, you know, the album, because the album at times 
gets a little one note, you know, it's a lot of Drake, you know, rapping, you know, very loudly about how great he is, and how, you know, he's got enemies, and, you know, you know, he's, you know, one of the greatest, and he don't want no problems, you know, stuff like that, and at times, that's fine, but when you hear it song after song, um, it can get a little one note, but the features are great, he's got Lil Wayne on Used To, he's got Travis Scott on Company, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a dope project, and there are signs of album-worthy material, even though it was full of all this braggadocious Drake, um, there are songs on there like Jungle, there are songs on there like Company, like You and the Six, where it's like, okay, these could have gone straight on a Drake album, or like on a Drake project, like if you took Jungle, you can put it right on Take Care and it wouldn't sound out of place. Jungle is one of Drake's best vocal performances, and the way the song is arranged is just great. It's a solid, you know, R&B, soulful track, um, which is nothing like what most of the album sounds like. Um... You know, with all of that, you know, it's a project that, you know, kind of predicted the year he was about to have, you know, like he talked a lot in these songs like energy where he's like, you know, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy. And then this whole Meek Mill and DJ drama and all of this stuff comes up, you know, you know, he talks about. 6 p.m. in New York, you know, he's got beef with Tiger, and he talks about all these other people who are, you know, you know, jealous and trying to come, you know, for him with no reason. You know, he, you know, he predicted a lot of stuff that was going to happen. Um, you know, through all that, this is it's the third best-selling album of the year. Um, it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Rap Album. It's Drake's third nomination in a row for that in that category. Um, it is a good album. I'm a huge fan of Drake, and even though it can't, the album can get a little one note at time with the you know just Drake, super confident Drake coming at you. A lot of the songs are very good. Know Yourself is you know it's amazing. Like how many people you know, have just switched out six with some other thing and then Instagram, yo, running through Target with my woes. You know, like it's <laughs> you know, he he really is impacting things out here. Um and the thing is he doesn't even seem to be trying that hard. Like it's it's obvious to me that this isn't Drake's best work. I think Views from the Six, which is the album we've been waiting on whenever it drops sometimes in twenty sixteen is going to change the game. It's it's going to be good. Um, and I think it's going to be levels above this. Because this, and I believe Drake knows, this isn't his best. It wasn't supposed to be his best. It was supposed to be something to hold people over until he drops that good, good, you know? Um, you know, it's an entertaining album. Uh, there's quotables for days. The songs show Drake having some fun. And, you know... He lets us in on the fun. So, best songs for if you're reading this, it's too late, are Jungle, Company featuring Travis Scott, Know Yourself, 
and Wednesday Night Interlude featuring Party Next Door. If you're reading this, it's too late. Um, it's a great album. It comes in at number 12. And I highly expect Views from the Six to be very high on this list come next year. Number, number 11. 11. Tetsuo in Youth by Lupe Fiasco. So this is Lupe's fifth album and his last album with Atlantic Records, the label that, you know, screwed him over a bunch of times. Um, honestly, I think this is Lupe's, one of Lupe's best albums. Um, it's hard for me to give it top spot, but I'd say maybe his second best album out of five. Um, he's even better lyrically than he's been on any of his other albums, and that's saying something, because he's always been a lyrical dude. And, you know, lyrical to the point where, you know, he challenges his listeners with every listen. Like, he's so lyrical that sometimes you just don't catch everything the first time. That, you know, you listen to it a second time around, and you're like, oh, okay, Lupe. Um, it's his most cohesive album to date. Um, thematically, it's very strong. Um, it captures the seasons. Um, it starts off with summer, and there's an interlude for every season, and it's just instrumental. And the sounds that you hear really pretty much capture those seasons. And throughout the seasons, as we like hear them change throughout the album, uh, one thing that doesn't change is Lupe. He's very consistent, lyrically strong. He still gets his messages across but in more subtle ways. You know, he does have things to say. He has opinions about a lot of things, especially um, the way black people have been treated. He talks a lot about that. It's a very strong album. One of the best hip-hop releases this year. Uh, the eight-minute-long song he has called Mural is, a, Mural is exactly that. Just like a mural, you can stare at it, or in this case, listen to it multiple times, and see or hear something different. You know, it's it's lyrically one of the best tracks on the project. Um, in Deliver, he talks about how, you know, some pizza places won't deliver to the hood because of how dangerous they are. You know, in Prisoner 1 and 2, you know, he talks about the prison system and, you know, institutionalized people. You know, Lupe's got a message, but, you know... He's, you know, he definitely goes about it in different ways um, compared to some of, you know, his previous efforts. Um, this is a great, this is great Lupe. Um, he announced that he's going to drop three albums this year. If that happens and they're anything like this, we are in for a good year. Um, best songs on Tetsuo and Youth, Mural, Prisoner 1 and 2, Deliver, and Madonna. Um, great album, Lupe Fiasco, never really went any there, I know he scared us with that Lasers project, but Lupe never lost it, this is a great album, Tetsuo and Youth by Lupe Fiasco is number 11. Number 10, Dark Sky Paradise by Big Sean, now, this is Big Sean's third studio album, and it is a strong and necessary departure from his second album, Hall of Fame. 
Um, on the first, his first album, Finally Famous, you know, you got to see a fun Sean, um, you know, one that made a lot of crazy songs like Marvin and Chardonnay, then there's Dance or Ass, you know, whatever. Um, it was a fun Sean, a Sean who could make party music and music that people enjoyed. His second album saw Sean who did, didn't seem to know which direction he wanted to go in. In this album, I think he knows and I think he's comfortable. Um, he's one of the most versatile rappers in the game today. He can deliver club bangers like, you know, I Don't F With You or Paradise. But he can also deliver some substantial and meaningful songs like Win Some, Lose Some or One Man Can Change the World. It's a very cohesive album. It's very balanced. Um, each feature from the project... Um, you know, there's great chemistry between them and Sean, you know, every, every feature, you know, they created something different with, you know, their collaboration, you know, Sean really is really good at working with people. Um, lyrically, he's a very strong rapper. He has funds in his songs and on his albums. And I think he's definitely found the space and style and sound that um, he wants to work from, and I think he should from now on because this is easily his best project to date and his first number one album at that, so it even did well commercially. Um, best songs off of this album are Blessings featuring Drake, Deep featuring Lil Wayne, I Know featuring Janae Eco. And One Man Can Change the World featuring Kanye and John Legend. So yeah, number 10 is Dark Sky Paradise by Big Sean. Number, number nine. 9. Wild Heart by Miguel. This is also Miguel's third studio album. Um, and it's definitely a more solid, mature, and polished album than his previous efforts you know it mixes r&b and you know rock in a very smooth and unique way um lyrically the you know sex is definitely there um the valley is probably one of the most sexual songs i've heard in a while so miguel definitely brings that aspect to his music just like he always has um, he just explores it differently than most R&B artists do. Um, at the same time, the songs are beautiful. Songs like A Beautiful Exit and Leaves are really uh, great songs. What's Normal Anyway is a really good song. A song that, you know, explores what it's like to be different in society. Um, you know, the songs are great and Miguel stays... Um, very consistent in the range that we know of him vocally. Um, he didn't necessarily outdo any of his previous efforts vocally, but he didn't fall short. Um, it's a consistent Miguel album. He knows how to deliver the music that we want. He continues to create the music that he wants. It's a solid project. Um, definitely one of um, the more soulful albums of the year. Best songs from this project are Beautiful Exit, Coffee, Leaves, Hollywood Dreams. 
Number nine is Wild Heart by Miguel. Number eight. You Should Be Here by Kalani. Um, I've talked a lot about her on the podcast. Um, this is her debut album. Um, she's an artist from L.A. Um, her debut album, and it is Grammy-nominated. Um, it was nominated for Best Urban Contemporary Album this year. And it is a very good project, definitely deserving of the nomination. Um, it's a very personal project. Uh, you know, Kalani's gone through a lot um, in her short career. She's only 20 years old. Um, and she touches on, you know, her relationship with her mother in the song, The Letter. And it's very personal. Um, you know, the album also, you know, she plays the pop role very well in the album. Um, there's a lot of songs that could go straight on the radio, but at the same time, she dominates, you know, the R&B, you know, style of the project. Um... Lyrically, you know, there's a lot of Janae Iko in her. I I hear a lot of Janae Iko in her, like vocally, and then a lot of the things that she writes and the things that she says. I could hear Janae Iko singing it, although I believe that Kalani has stronger vocals. Um, she has a beautiful voice, and she's only 20, um, which I think is amazing. Um, one of my favorite covers of Drake's Hotline Bling song this year was a cover that she did with Charlie Puth, and it's it's fantastic. The main reason I listen to it is because of her. Um, it had great features, um, and each one, once again, was purposeful. Chance the Rapper was on a song, BJ the Chicago Kid was on it, you know, and they all work very well with her. Um, you know, the album is, you know, very, you know, upbeat, for the most part, um, which is another reason why I think it would definitely work well, you know, commercially. Um, Kalani is very relatable, and a lot of the things she talks about in this project uh, make her very relatable, which is another reason why the project is so good. Um, best songs from You Should Be Here are The Way featuring Chance the Rapper, Down For You featuring BJ the Chicago Kid, there is Bright, and then there is The Letter. I believe those are the best songs on the project. Number eight is You Should Be Here by Kalani. Number, Number seven. seven. Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. Now, you know, I consider this album to be The Weeknd's first real journey into the spotlight. Um... You know, it's the same sound. This album is the same sound that The Weeknd has always had for the most part. But now there are, there are pop elements at play. This is definitely The Weeknd going mainstream. Because, you know, The Weeknd was a guy, and I, I feel like I need to do an artist spotlight episode. Maybe I'll do that in the first, you know, few episodes in January but, you know, he started as this, you know, mixtape sensation who had all these dark, you know, deep and, you know, kind of depressing some of them songs that really took off. Um, three mixtapes in, I believe, 2011. Um, he combined those 
um, for a project that he put out that really everybody had heard already. Then he dropped Kissland, which I believe was my second best album two years ago. Um, and now Beauty Behind the Madness. And it's a completely different album. You know, you know, there's definitely mainstream elements. You know, he's got features from Ed Sheeran and Lana Del Rey. But, you know, at the same time, he hasn't compromised his style. There's still very dark elements to this album. The heels, you know, often, you know, it's still the same weekend. But, you know, he's found a way to go mainstream in a very, you know, interesting way. Like, he went mainstream in a good way. You know, I watched his iTunes performance from the iTunes Festival in London. And he had all these people you know, of all types in London, you know, talking about, ask her if I do this every day, I say often, you know, like, just some of the, some of the most, like, you know, dirty and, like, crazy songs, you know, he just had people of all races and ages just singing it, you know, at a concert, he's found a way to take his style and, you know, expand his reach to multiple people. And I definitely applaud him for it. And this is a great album. You know, it's been nominated for many Grammys this year. I think he think he got nominated maybe four or five times this year. Um, and there's some great songs. Like, Can't Feel My Face is probably one of The weekend's most energetic and popular songs. And he's definitely owning it. From all of his performances to the music video, it's got so many... Uh, Michael Jackson influences to it. Um, his song "Tell Your Friends," which was you know helped produced by Kanye, is great. Real simple but great. As you are, you know, kind of reminds me of a Babyface song. You know, very quiet storm type song, and I could definitely hear Babyface singing it. So, yeah, the weekend has found a great way to, you know, expand his reach to more people. Um, he is super popular now. And, you know, he's become a different type of artist, but he hasn't compromised his sound, which is all I can really ask for from an artist that I, you know, love to get music from. Um, best songs from this are Losers featuring Labyrinth, Tell Your Friends, Can't Feel My Face, Acquainted, and Angel. So number seven is Beauty Behind the Madness by The Weeknd. Number six. Summertime 06 by Vince Staples. Um, this is Vince Staples' debut album. It was a double album. Um, had <clears throat> It had 20 songs on it. Um, this is an album where Vince Staples definitely stayed true to himself, and he delivered an amazing, hard-hitting album for his debut. It's a well-crafted album. The production is pretty great. Um, has a nice West Coast sound to it. You know, lyrically, he sounds like he's been in the game for years. Um, you know, the street life is evident and present in his music, but he doesn't glorify it. Uh, you know, he just speaks honestly about his environment and what he's seen. Um, very impressive songs on the project. Summertime, which is the end to the first disc of the project. You know, it's impressive and it literally sounds like an end to summer, in my opinion. Um, Might Be Wrong is a beautiful song that addresses, you know, the struggle of black people 
within the justice system and, and you know it's a song that features him like visiting his cousin in the prison system and he records the conversation that he has with him and it's just great it's you know Vince really delivered a great project um Vince Staples shows how great of a storyteller he is in this project you know and you know the way he describes you know the streets and the neighborhoods that he grew up in and everything is it's very descriptive and you can see it while at the same time you know he talks about some of the important topics that affect specifically black people in this society um it's a dope project the best songs on it are definitely lift me up let me know featuring Janae Eco like it is summertime um, and Might Be Wrong, which features James Fauntleroy and Cocaine 80s, and also Hanif Talib. Um, it's a dope project. It's a great debut album, an amazing coming-of-age project. Vince Staples' Summertime 06 comes in at number six. Number, number five. Rodeo by Travis Scott. Now... This is Travis Scott's debut album, and the album is exactly what its title suggests. It is a rodeo. Um, you know, it's a very versatile project and very cohesive, but it has everything on it. You know, he has R&B influences and Oh My Dis Side. Um, you know, he samples Jimi Hendrix and has like a rock type vibe on Piss on Your Grave, which was helped produce by Kanye. You know, the turn up is there in 3500 and Nightcrawler, which features Chief Keef and Sway Lee from Ray Shrimmerd. You know, it's a dope project. Uh, I know I say that about all these projects, but that's why they're on the list. They're all dope. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of Man on the Moon by Kid Cudi, his first project. Um, you know, Travis is definitely influenced by Kanye and Kid Cudi. He's good friends with both of them. The influences are glaring. Um, you know, he starts off this project with T.I., you know, kind of doing an introduction. Very similar to how Common introduced Man on the Moon for Kid Cudi. And, you know, a lot of the, like, harmonies and, like, different melodies that he invokes in this album, very similar to Cudi. And not to mention, for the Kanye influences... You know, Travis Scott sounds a lot like Kanye. Like, there are so many times where I'm listening to a Travis Scott song, and I wonder, is Kanye featured on this song? He just, you know, the way his cadences and his, you know, inflections, he sounds like Kanye. Um, but speaking of his vocals, you know, his vocals are an instrument of their own. You know, the way he manipulates his voice, you know, product, like way he produces his voice and everything is its own instrument. And it's one of my favorite things about Travis Scott because, you know, it's the way what he does with his voice is so, you know, melodic. Um, you know, it's trap, you know, at its finest, you know. But then again, he does so many other things. There are so many multi-layered tracks um, Oh My, Dis Side is two songs, you know, there's Oh My, and then there's Dis Side, and they're both completely different, but together, they're great. Um, it's ambitious for a debut album, but it rarely misses, you know, he takes a lot of risks. Um, Piss on Your Grave, I think, is a miss. Kanye didn't deliver a great verse at all. 
Um, the production is pretty different. It's not what you expect to hear on a hip hop album, but I could have done without that song. Um, you know, it's a fun album. He's got songs on there like Antidote. You know, you can tell that Travis really had fun making this album and that he made the album that he wanted to make. You know, it's so, you know, versatile, you know, and the features he has. He has The Weeknd featured on Pray For Love all the way to Chief Keef and Sway Lee on Nightcrawler and then Justin Bieber and Young Thug on Maria I'm Drunk and they all work. You know, it's just a great project. I didn't expect to like this album as much as I did, but I do. And I, no lie, I probably listened to this album, oh man, like twice a week. If not the whole album, I listened to at least four songs from this album at least twice a week, maybe three times. Oh My Decide made um, my top 40 list. You know, it's lit. You know, it's a great project. You know, Travis Scott killed it. I can't wait for him to deliver his sophomore album, you know, and see what he has in store. Um, best songs are, of course, Oh My Diss Side, um, featuring Quavo from Migos, Impossible, Apple Pie, Antidote, and 90210, which features um, Casey Hill. So, coming in at number five is Rodeo by Travis Scott. Number four. So, number four is 25 by Adele. Now, my girlfriend enjoys Adele a lot more than I do, of course. Um, So, really, I look to her for her opinions on this project um, and after hearing what she has to say, I completely agree with everything she said. So most of the reasons why this was chosen, you know, are going to be her words. So shout out to Karen Todd, my fiance. Um, so 25, the hype for this album was serious. Adele hadn't released an album since 2011. And that was her album 21. So four years ago, um... And that album was still on the Billboard 200 charts. You know, that's the thing about Adele. She can sell records. Um, Her album, four years later, was still selling enough to be on the Billboard 200 charts. That's crazy. You know, the hype was serious for this one. Adele knows what she's doing. You know, timing-wise, she dropped it at a perfect time. You know, it's cuffing season. You know, um... You know, she 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 knows what she's doing. You know, it's a record-breaking album. It's already sold over, I believe, six million in like four and a half weeks. It's the best-selling album since her last album, Twenty One. Like, what? Come on. Um. You know, some thoughts about this album. You know, her voice has definitely matured. It's much stronger. Um. You know, definitely more powerful, and that is a great thing. Um, it's nice that she was influenced by other artists. All I ask, 
um, which is my favorite song from the project, was produced by Bruno Mars. And you can hear his influence in the song. Like, even though Adele sings it, I can hear Bruno Mars and imagine Bruno Mars singing the song. So that was great. It was nice that she included a more upbeat song because you know Adele is all about the sad, you know, breakup songs. Um, So Send My Love, which was the second song in the album, definitely more upbeat, um, even though, you know, content-wise, you know, it wasn't much different than the other songs as far as what she's talking about. Um, You know, Adele has a winning formula. You know, this album is what we want from Adele. You know, the sound, you know, vocally, you know, she puts everybody in, in their feelings, you know, and she delivers great songs. She's a great songwriter, has great people helping her. Um, she's got a formula that can't miss. Um, some things about it was around the middle of the album, it gets a little one note, just uniformly all around. It's just very sad and nothing really lifts you from that funk. Um, also, you know, she's been so private while she took this four-year hiatus it would have been nice to hear her sing about, you know, having a child or sing more about having a child and like, you know, you know what that's like, you know, what it's like to hear the album be a little bit more personal of what she's been going through in the past four years. Because it couldn't all have just been like, you know, some stuff about her ex. Like it's been four years and she had a baby and we didn't really hear much about that. So that was something that I thought was weird, but... Oh, and also the album was a little short compared to other albums. Like, if you didn't get the bonus edition, I think you only got, um, I think, like, maybe 10 songs. But either way, it's Adele. And she knows what she's doing. Her album slays. It's killing the, it's killing the charts. It will continue for a long time. Sorry for any artists who want to drop within the next two months and plan on get like trying to go for a number one debut. Like Adele, you know, she's queen of the pop charts. And, you know, best songs from this album, All I Ask, Love in the Dark, When We Were Young, and of course the chart smasher, Hello. So number four is twenty five by Adele. Number three, Surf by Donnie Trumpet and The Social Experiment. Um, The Social Experiment is one of the most creative groups out there, really. It is a band that was started by Chance the Rapper. It consists of Chance the Rapper, Donnie Trumpet, a.k.a. Nico Nico Seagal. Um, There is Greg Lanfair Jr., Nate Fox, and Peter Cottontail. Um, they're from Chicago and, you know, they're a group that you really can't put in a box. They make all types of music and, you know, Surf is technically Donnie Trumpet's project. So they announced that, you know, different people in the group would have, you know, their own type of project. Uh, Nico was working on his project before they even made the social experiment. So when they got together as a group, they said, you know, he was already working on this. Let's push this out and, you know, make it the best that we can be. And they absolutely did. You know, you can feel the creativity and the collaborative spirit in every song they make. You know, they create each song attempting, you know, to make good music for the fans. You know, each song tells its own story. And 
each one sounds like its own like party between the social experiment and the guests that are featured on it. It's very each song is very unique and very, you know, intimate in its own right. Um, Donnie Trumpet really shines. Um, the pair of songs, Nothing Came to Me and Something Came to Me, really showcase his talent. Also, his solo on Just Wait. You know, he's really good at playing um, the trumpet. And, you know, it really shines through in this project. You know, there's horn all over. And, you know, he does it really well. The album really travels through many musical styles. There's dance, hip-hop, jazz, R&B, gospel. You know, Sunday Candy, which is a song Chance wrote, you know, as an ode to his, you know, church-going grandmother. It's one of the best songs I've heard in a while, and it would have made the top 40 list if it had been released in 2015. It came out toward the end of 2014, so it definitely made that list. Um, It's a great project. It's organic, you know, these guys don't care about, you know, record deals or whatever. They go out each day and make the best music they can for the fans and to, you know, deliver the messages they want to give to the people that care about what they have to say. Surf, you know, it can't, you know, be marginalized to just hip-hop. You know, it's more than that. You know, it's just great music. Um, and it absolutely deserves to be at number three. Um, best songs on the project, Sunday Candy, Warm Enough, which features No Name Gypsy and J. Cole, Something That I Want, which features Saba, um, Caretaker, which features Drum, and then Windows, which features BJ, the Chicago Kid, and Rory. Keep your head away from windows. Keep your arms inside the right. Trust me with your body. Trust me with your life. Banging on the windows. Baby, come inside. Certainly in trouble. Maybe you should hide. I'ma tell you like. Don't you look up to me. Don't trust a word I say. Don't you end up like me if you learn one thing today Don't you look up to me, don't trust a word I say Don't you end up like me if you learn one thing today this group because you know they really care about the fans and about the music and about the group you know you know they pushed Donnie Trumpet's album you know Chance is easily the most famous person in the group but he puts all that aside because all he cares about is making great music with his friends for the fans you know they're a group that's inspired by artists like Kirk Franklin by you know the Lion King you know on stage which you can definitely hear those influences and Windows, and Sunday Candy. They're an amazing group that make organic, amazing music, 
you know, with, you know, just real instrumentation and, you know, the best of hearts and surf was absolutely an amazing project comes in at number three by Donnie Trumpet and the social experiment. Number Number two. two, ego death by the internet. Now, another Grammy nominated project, um, also nominated for, um, best urban contemporary album this year. Um, Easily the best R&B album of the year. Easily. When I first heard this, I couldn't believe my ears at just how good it was. You know, the internet, have they've been releasing amazing music for so long, but this was another level. The internet is consisted of Sid the Kid and Matt the Martian, whom you may know from the Odd Future Collective, and then a few other people that make up their band. But... You know, Sid is the lead vocalist, and her smooth vocals combined with the band's organic production is just perfect. It's a masterful project. You know, it kind of gets back to what R&B used to focus on, you know, love, unrequited or otherwise, relationships, heartache. It's, it really, you know, embodies soul. You know, every song is soulful. You can hear the passion. You know, there's a song called penthouse cloud that really shines lyrically where they question you know all the violence in the world and are asking god is this what you wanted for your creation it's just beautiful quite honestly you know and all their music is like that they they just make such like dope sounding music and they make it seem effortless you know the album's really serene and peaceful and it's about love and all this other stuff you know it's it's the best r&b album i've heard in a while definitely the best one released this year the internet they're they're everything you know you definitely need to check it out best songs from this project are gabby featuring janelle monet special affair girl featuring kate Trinata, penthouse cloud the one you just heard but listen to the entire album honestly it's worth it if you enjoy you know, passionate, soulful music, music that'll make you feel something. And, you know, you don't not just listening to it for no reason. You're listening to it and you get something out of it. If you enjoy that, you will enjoy this album. Number two, my second favorite and the second best album to drop in 2015 is Ego Death by the Internet. Number one. And number one is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. There was no there was no other choice. This was solidified as soon as I heard it. Um Kendrick delivered another classic album this year to Pimp a Butterfly. It incorporates elements of funk, jazz, blues, hip hop, R&B, everything. It's not confined, you know, to one box, to one genre. You know, Kendrick was willing to take risks and try a lot of different things on this album. You know, it's a movie. When you listen to this album, you're transported to a different world. You know, but it's one that's familiar and it's one that really makes you feel, really makes you understand the struggle, makes you laugh, makes you cry, inspires you. You know, and you know, it was the most relevant for what was going on for black people in America. Kendrick tackles many important issues on this album. Black on black violence in Blacker the Berry. 
black success and you know how they're not really taught you know how to like manage money and deal with things and when you know they do become successful they're set up to be taken advantage of by the system he talks about that in wesley's theory um he talks about you know this complex of you know light people versus dark people in the black community he talks about that in complexion a zulu love you know he talks about a lot of things you know kendrick sees himself as a messenger you know, one that, you know, has a divine message that he is set and sent to deliver to the people. He tells his story and he definitely preached on this project. You know, production wise, it's next level. It's next level. Um, lyrically, he still comes at you full speed, but he's in control, you know, and, you know, the album is emotional as it should be because, you know, Kendrick's opened himself up you know, in giving us his personal story, you know, and the album is relatable, especially for black people. There's so much in here that we can gain and, you know, that we understand and that we feel, you know, we're in the same boat and Kendrick realized that and he really, you know, makes us feel one with him in this album. Conceptually, it's flawless. You know, it's one of those albums, you know, he, he has a poem that he reads throughout the entire project um which i'll play for you in a second um and the poem is split up so each part of the poem you know represents a different song that comes in through the album and in the end he was reading the poem to tupac and he set it up so that it sounds like he's having a real interview with tupac there's an interview that tupac did some time ago um that was out there and Kendrick took it and he you know spliced it up and you know asked questions and you know the questions that he asked combined with the answers that Tupac had in this interview it sounded like Tupac was talking to Kendrick and it is one of the dopest things I ever heard I was listening to it in the car and I was just like what am I hearing right now it's it's flawless it's flawless you know, Kendrick really crafted something that was special and you can get a lot out of it. It's important to the black community. You know, his song, All Right, which was my number one song of the year. You know, it's become the song of the Black Lives Matters movement, you know, and it shines a light of hope. You know, Kendrick is amazing. You know, he's one of the greats already for me. If you listen to the first episode of this podcast, he's in my top five. It's... I don't know what more I can say. He delivered an amazing album, one that is so important and so impactful and that you can never tire from listening to because it will never, you know, not be relevant. Um, you know, if you want to hear read a much longer review of this album, I wrote one under the the review section on the blog. So you can go to hopeforhiphop.org and just click mixed reviews at the top. Um, you know, this was the best album of the year. You know, it's nominated for best rap album and album of the year at this year's Grammys. So many albums, I mean, so many of his songs from this album are nominated. You know, I hope Kendrick racks up at the Grammys this year because he honestly deserves it. So yeah, Kendrick killed it. He gave us a great album. Best songs from the album, I started to try and list them and out of the... 
I think, 16 songs on the project. I listed about 10. So best songs is the entire album. Like, listen to the entire album all the way through. You know, honestly, sit down in a chair. You know, if you got a fireplace, light a fire. If you got a candle, light a candle. Get comfortable. Put it over your speakers and just, you know, immerse yourself into this project. Because it's it's a classic already. Um, number one, best album of the year. My favorite album of 2015 to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar that is the list that is the top 15 songs of 20 or albums of 2015 um i do have honorable mentions um the first honorable mention is unbreakable by janet jackson she came back delivered a very cohesive project get that trap soul by bryson tiller Talked about that in the Trap and B episode. Um, you know, it really just like showcases where R&B is today. It's a dope project. But You Can't Use My Phone by Erica Badu. Really dope project. Main reason it didn't make the list is, you know, it was very repetitive. And I wanted to hear more original stuff from Erica Badu. She interpolated and sampled a lot of stuff. But she has an amazing voice. She's a legend. She's dope. It made the honorable mentions. Shrim Life by Ray Shrimmerd. You know, they made so much party music this year. You could, I could not leave them out. Um, that's an honorable mention. And finally, What a Time to Be Alive, Drake and Future. Um, nobody's going to forget the moment they did that. It had to make the honorable mentions. Those are the honorable mentions. That was the top 15 list, and this is the end of the last podcast in 2015. I thank you all for listening. Um, uh, Just like I said last week, if you can, please do one thing for me. Go on iTunes and review the podcast or you know, rate the podcast, subscribe, do all of that because I'm really trying to you know, take this further and further. I thank you all for a wonderful, you know, six months. We've done 18 episodes since I debuted back in June, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. I have no intention of stopping. Um, This has been really fun. It's been a great 2015. I'm going to come back in January, and we're going to keep doing this thing. I'm going to keep you know, giving you all the news, talking about hip-hop and R&B and the amazing things that go on within these genres. I'm going to keep giving you my opinions, you know, for as long as you want to hear them. Um, I appreciate you all listening. You know the Twitters, TOTB the podcast. Facebook is in the description. The blog is hopeforhiphop.org, and that's F-O-R, not the number. Um, And the post... Um, detailing um, everything I just talked about is on the blog. Um, So you can check that out on the blog. Thank you again for listening. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox. I will see you all in 2016. Have a happy new year. Peace.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 